0: good morning or afternoon or wherever you are. I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Laura. Hi, everybody. I am abstinent today on the gray sheet. It is the most important thing in my life. It is three meals weighed and measured from the gray sheet. I write them down, commit them to my sponsor before I eat them. I ask my higher power in the gray sheet group for help. I don't eat anything else in between, no matter what. And I love being at this new meeting because I get to see people that I have known, oh my goodness, in all phases of my abstinence. Hi, my old friends from New York and my old friends from California. And I'm just like, woo. Anyway, um, and the people I don't know, I know you because you're here for the same reason that I am. So we're all related. But anyway, um, my abstinence date is April 16th, 1982. I got abstinent in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I was 19 years old and I was sick and suffering um, with a very quick bottom with compulsive eating. And uh, I grew up in a house where we were skinny kids who could eat whatever we wanted. My mother had tons of sugar in the house. There was no conception really of um, sort of health guidelines. We ate three meals a day and we could snack whenever we wanted. Um, And so I did. And I was like painfully thin. So there's no issue. People weren't like focused on me or my body or what I was eating or anything like that. So there was no compulsive eating in the family. There was alcoholism I have on both sides of the family. So Uh, I know addiction is addiction is addiction. And uh, turns out that I am addicted to the things that make up alcohol, sugar, starch, grains, and in um, solid form for me. And so, um, yeah, so I have, I have this disease and Uh, How it manifested in me is that at some point when I went on my first diet, because I went somewhere for a week with a friend and her mother, and the place had tennis and desserts, basically. I didn't play tennis, (laughs) but I did desserts, and uh, I probably gained like 10 pounds in a week or something, and then I got home. And my sister said, oh, look, she's chubby. That's so cute. (laughs) And I went on my first diet. And then that was it. It was like a cucumber turned into a pickle. Like I couldn't not be on a diet or not be thinking about food or trying to control it. Or I just crossed some line. And... Um, So my history of eating is that I pretty much every day woke up in the morning with a plan or figuring out a plan or needing a plan. And this is what I'm going to do today. And I never made it. I don't, I seriously don't know if I ever by the end of the day did what I intended to do when I woke up in the morning. Uh, not for lack of trying, but for, um, for physical addiction and mental obsession. And that's really what my disease is. It's um, addiction to sugar, starch, grain, carbohydrates, and mental obsession that goes along with it. So I did have the good fortune to have a mom who was sober in AA um, about eight years when I had had a horrible binge um, and I called her up. Uh, I was a sneak eater. Let me just say, like, I wasn't eating in front of people. I was hiding. And, and I was also always just trying to take one more. I wasn't planning. Usually I'm binging. I was just planning on taking one for now and one for later, but later was like one second later. It wasn't like I could ever make it to later, later. It was like, I eat it now. And then I, I eat it again. um, Right there after. So I couldn't really get anywhere without food in my pocket or in my bag, or I just had to have food on me. And I was always chewing or sipping, some, sucking something, whether it was like diet candy things or vegetable sticks or, you know, these alba shakes in the blender, whatever, I was always just consuming. So my mother told me about a thing called Overeaters Anonymous, which she had known of. And I had really grown up going to AA meetings with my mom. And so I went to this O Readers Anonymous meeting in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and it turned out it was a gray sheet meeting, which I didn't know one from the other. And, uh, okay, here are the highlights of that experience. One is I took a bottle of 90 laxatives in the bathroom before I walked into the meeting. Two, I weighed about the same as I weigh now. Um, Three, I remember exactly what I was wearing. Four, I remember how desperately I wanted relief and also how desperately I wanted them to tell me, you're too thin, you don't belong here. Um, I got myself a sponsor that night. P.S. No one told me I was too thin. I didn't belong. And I had been, you know, I was overweight once I started. Once I crossed the line, I was always overweight. Some. Um, I'm a small person. I'm like five one when I'm stretching and I was probably about 30 pounds overweight at my highest, which I'm a small person would be equivalent to more on a big person anyway. um, But my body was always, I was always uncomfortable in my body, thin or overweight, whatever. I just never, oh yeah. I always very self-conscious. And I got a sponsor. Oh, I saw the gray sheet. Oh my God. Let me just say, when I saw the gray sheet, I was like, no way. There's nothing to eat on this sheet. I mean, this sheet, first it said plan B. Of course, I was dying to know what plan B was because this plan A thing was definitely like deprivation. That's all I saw. I saw like a whole panel on the sheet of vegetables and this really small paragraph on the back that says foods we avoid. Right? And I was like, you cannot fool me. That little paragraph of foods we avoid was like everything I ate. And to try to stretch out vegetables and proteins and make it look like there was food on the gray sheet. I was like, there's no food here. Plus, what do you get back? You know, every diet for me was, what do you get back? And this whole idea of you don't get back stuff like when you hit your goal weight or something. This wasn't a diet. It, it, it was um, a process of hearing the message. And they talked about carbohydrate sensitivity. I didn't know what a carbohydrate was. I really didn't know what was going on there. Plus I thought the people were really depressed and maybe thin, but definitely depressed. So I tried it for a week and I thought I have to find I have to find something else to do. So I went on an exploration for a few months. I found gray sheet in January, tried it first in January, came back in April because I couldn't find anything else to do. And it was getting worse. And I was in college and I couldn't show up to classes and I was binging and I was vomiting and I just hated myself and I was sneaking all the time and I was, eating in my car and I was street eating out of brown paper bags. And I was just trying to get like a little bit of money at the ATM, $10. You could get $10 and those. I would get like $10 eat, then throw stuff out in the garbage and then get it back and throw it into another garbage. And my life was very. Un- <laughs> having appointments with a psychiatrist over the phone, um, Thank you so much. Anyway, the bottom line was I was really desperate. So I decided I'd go back to those greasy, thin, and depressed people just until I could clear up enough to um, figure out what to do. So I got a sponsor. I did what she said. She was so kind. And um, I just started to measure my food and I said, I'll do it for two weeks. That was like in my mind, like, okay, God, I didn't even know what, I didn't have a God, but okay, universe, I'll do it for two weeks, I'll clear up, and I'm out of here. And then two weeks came and went, and here's the thing, like, I wasn't in a state of craving, and I wasn't obsessing about food, I was obsessing about a guy. I remember that and thinking like, oh, well, obsessing about a guy is way better than obsessing about food. So that was okay. But I was actually pissed that it was working because this answer was just too extreme. And I didn't want to be doing this. What I really wanted was someone to teach me to be normal or neutral around food. And what the gray sheet people said was that for some people, these certain foods set up this craving that's, Insatiable and irresistible. And there's nothing, uh, I, there's no willpower that's going to give me freedom from that. So um, the answer was in letting go of those things. Anyway, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks more <laughs> became 11 months. In 11 months, I had sort of a spiritual experience where I cried seeing a little kid on TV in a food commercial who was eating something that we don't eat on gray sheet. And I sort of had this acceptance and surrender that I wasn't going to be able to eat those things, but that it was okay. And in April, it will be 40 years. Now it's amazing. It's a testament to this program uh, that first of all, I didn't want it and I was only going to be here for two weeks. And I thought it was like a death sentence. Like I'd rather, why can't I just be an alcoholic and I could just put it down and I don't have to do it with food and these people are crazy and this is anyway, blah, 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 blah. I have gotten so much more than I bargained for. When I hit at 90 days, the freedom I felt at 90 days was beyond anything I had ever experienced. And I thought if it never gets any better than this, I am fine. Let me just say, if you have a month or two or three, it gets a zillion times better. Trust me, (laughs) I wouldn't be on a diet for 40 years. I could only do a diet for max, I think was 12 days. Um, maybe 11, 11 12. Days. So I have had food restored. I taste my food. I love my food. I eat guilt free. I eat more food than I would have ever let myself eat on a diet. And I am free from obsession and compulsion. You know, there are people out there who'll say, Well, don't you just want a little bit? Wouldn't it be nice if it? No, a little bit just um, sets off craving and insanity. And I don't have craving. I don't have insanity. I don't have obsession around food anymore. I have peace and I have enjoyment. And here's the thing I have enough. I really have enough when it comes to food. Um, before, I never had enough. I always needed just one more. And now I finish my food. I get up from the table and A I. minute do, left, Laura. Thank you so much. And I do life in between. And I've done a ton of life in between, a lot of it good, a lot of it not so good. I mean, abstinence guarantees abstinence. It doesn't guarantee anything else. Uh, But because I've been abstinent, I have had freedom to make choices, make mistakes, um, take Lifetime paths grow emotionally, spiritually, creatively. Um, do a lot of work on myself and with different therapists, other 12-step programs. Um, I got married to the wrong person who was kind of abusive. I got divorced. I got married to the right person who is an abstinent recovering man. We have... Two children. It was. Um, thank you so much. I'll just wrap up. Um, I cannot believe that I have survived what I have survived in terms of parenting. Very, very difficult um, years that have recently gotten lighter. And I've had a lot of joy. I've had a lot of sorrow and I weigh measure no matter what I have so much support in this program and the community is far beyond any little Weight Watchers group I ever met (laughs) in my travels. This is, this is the foundation of my life. And I am beyond grateful uh, for my recovery and for the people that continue to show up here whether you're new um, or long time or um, anyway, I just want to say there's a solution here. Keep coming back. And I hope I've said something that will be helpful. Please, please. Connection is our primary tool to not being alone with this disease. So that's what I um, pass on today. I look forward to hearing from everyone, no matter what. Thank you.